0: Gaining or regaining, finding a center. Gaining or regaining, finding a center. Mm. Mm. So this is something you already have a a feeling for, a, a wish for. Uh, so a center is both intimate, allows uh, for a feeling of composure, collectedness, stability. Rightly centered, it's also we can be open to the various influences, that we dwell within sights, sounds, touches, thoughts without being overwhelmed by them or reacting to them Mm. so we know we're aware we're not necessarily rocked shaken or reactive and in that sense of knowing stable, we're able to be wise, it's quite natural, compassionate, equanimous, to all the forms that arise, whether these are forms and experiences we call the world around me, or forms and experiences I call me, myself, internally, externally, these domains, so the mind externally experiences world, various uh, topics, senses we can have, either literally, political, geographical world, or psychologically, A world we find as confusing or uh, tempting, or something we search for fulfillment in or feel responsible for. Our psychological world, we sense it's around us. Mm -hmm. How do we get that? How do we manage that? How do we uh, relate to that? We need a center. Internally, the mind experiences something called self, which is uh, generally memories, uh, assumptions, attitudes, uh, reflexes, joys, sorrows, aspirations, all this moving, fears, so forth, moving experience. Poignant, all of it's poignant, uh, evocative uh, and we find a center within that being able to listen to it attend to it and not be overwhelmed by it and the value of that uh, centering presence is allows that internal world and your external world to be heard and sensed and resolved it moves towards completion resolution everything searches for that how does this get settled how does this get settled how does this become harmonious mm-hmm. that's its inner search when I come to this uh, uh, experience the body body experiences external sensations that touch it since there's something around me that touches me Could be warmth, coolness. Could be tactile sensations. Mm. I mean that mm. internally. Feel a sense of uh, restriction or relaxation. I feel quite steady and balanced, or strangely uncomfortable and unsettled. Mm. I feel brimming with energy and joy I feel stagnant flat chaotic Mm. internal and seeks harmony doesn't it I don't want to just freeze everything cold and hard I'd like all this mobile stuff to settle into something that's coherent Mm. Finding a center. And it's also is finding a center or searching for center is so natural uh, and instinctive because something we realize we've got to make some kind of sense out of all this. Uh, but the untrained, unawakened finds a center, uh, it calls itself. I am the centre of the world. My world. I am the centre of my world. Mm. And that's that's the way we generally operate. I have a name, identity, gender, and so forth, and that's me. Mm. Even though when we examine these phenomena, we mm. realise they're actually all very transient and relative. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. that's what happens. And because it's an inadequate center, because uh, you probably would acknowledge, it's a struggle (laughs) trying to hold it all together. And often it involves a certain amount of just shutting something down, propping something up trying to get through with a sense of determination and willpower some kind or another maybe some support from other people just hold hold it all together in that this is the self-center it's it's what happens but it's inadequate because it doesn't give that sense everything's finally harmonized often there's a lot of inner conflict, isn't there? One's, one's aspirations and one's uh, dark side, one's passions and joys and fear. And, you know, the world around me, which senses sense of being around me, and, oh, well, wow, there's some real, real problems here. And in uh, and then memory, unresolved memory unresolved regrets sorrows, pains what are you supposed to do about that? and a future I don't know how to deal with that this, so this is ina- inadequate uh, uh, but since that's what happens for all of us uh, that's the way we operate. Mm-hmm. Then you think, oh, the problem is something wrong with me. If I could get myself together, that would work it out. There's like nothing wrong with you, it's just it's the wrong program. <laughs> and, uh,. The Buddha, in a very kind of was brutally blunt, said <laughs> yeah, this is built of uh, three primary thirsts, because the instinct is is as instinctive as thirst itself. So of choice. Sure the pre-primary thirsts, and these are thirsts for some sort of agreeable sense contact. Things are not painful. things are comfortable getting an adequate source of comfort and avoiding discomfort called tanha, thirst for the senses sense contact or what can arise through sense contact another very powerful thirst the thirst to um, establish oneself um, you know, through, through holding on this is my territory this is what I belong to I've got this education, I am adequate. I've, I've acquired and got and developed and hold on to um, some personal stuff. I've become something. I'm a competent person. So I'm building the person so that I am adequate. This is called Bhava Tanha. so it's the becoming thirst of personal existence and the other kind of thirst is defensive let me get away from that don't let that happen get the boundaries up get the barriers, get the fences get the aversion and fear programs a self that's designed to ward off and escape the uncomfortable, the threatening, the dangerous. Vipava thirst to get away. And they're inadequate because uh, you can recognize the last one, nobody gets away. (laughs) And uh, that defensiveness uh, that gets established defensively holding oneself against uh, it is understandable. Creates a certain hardness, tension, defensive, and if, you know, subtle or gross, and that may come up at certain times and become softer at other times. Yeah. Sometimes it becomes extremely defensive. Other times, not so much that remains as a, as a default program yeah. Mm. Yeah, craving for becoming planning planning let me make sure that the future will be I want to be okay planning, working things out building up make sure I've got the securities it, and it's a fully developed form we become extremely strategized We've got strategies galore, how to deal with this, how to deal with that, make sure we've got one of those, plan this, figure that out, you can get it all covered. So you go into life like a like a battle squ- squadron, <laughs> I'm ready. This makes you rather complex and busy and to people get frantic. Uh, with all the strategies and the plans and the options and the possibilities. Mm. Karma, tanha uh, third one, is a sense of searching for pleasures in sense contact. And we can recognize all these, all these thirsts are known, understood, and they are all uh, fed into, played into uh, by a social world. So every, every year, there are more and more things to buy, acquire, new ones, more productive, tasty, different, 15 flavors, 28 colors, um, you know, more, 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 more. And all the various advertising. Becoming programs, all kinds of things we could try to develop themselves. Uh, I think you're very busy just getting through a day with all the things one should learn and acquire and plan for. And defense programs. Make mm. sure they're okay insurance policies, the uh, safety procedures, the... Threats all around us. Mm. Mm. These also become established. And so, in our monastery, for example, when they started the monastery, people would you know, go to the kitchen and cook the food, and serve the food. And then we have um, eventually the local council analyzes our monastery and says, You're a restaurant. Even though you don't charge anything, anybody from the general public can come in, yeah. sit down and they can take food. So you're a restaurant, therefore these are health and safety protocols. So I mean, this is health and safety protocols. How to use a knife so you don't damage yourself, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you <laughs> a complicated and that's just a small example of it. Uh, yeah, sounds good, but how complex does it get? And what's the constant trigger? Fear, 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 fear. Constant suffusions of fear. Things might, things might break. Things might get damaged. Things might go wrong. Fear. Fear, 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 fear. Not joy, joy, joy. <laughs> we had a safe morning (laughs) (laughs) to celebrate (laughs) so these these are kāvatāna, bhāvatāna, vipāvatāna reflexive thirsts that will try to hold ourselves together in a safe, comfortable uh, assured way that will persist into the future and of course it doesn't work It works like a three-legged cow can walk, sort of. <laughs> mm. Because the, the big, uh, um, what well it's setting up essentially, which is the where you begin to understand how this can't work, it says I am separate from the cosmos. I am separate from it, even though I'm feeling all that goes on in it, and in it, and affected by it, I'm somehow separate from it, but I can't be separate from it because it keeps invading me, so I have to have defense programs to keep myself separate from it, but I don't want to be completely separate from it because there's some nice things out there I could get, so I want to be kind of half separate from it. Separate from the unpleasant, and very much linked up to the pleasant. This is not going to work, is it? You can't be separate and connected <laughs> at the same time, and it doesn't work because it's not true. You yeah. it's not true. We are, and you can't. You go into the. Uh, you know, Really, within your experience, you find out here, yeah, there's the past, you haven't left that behind. Yeah. Here's the uh, sensations coming into me, there's the signals I'm getting of that which is delightful or frightening or whatever that's happening to me, and I'm getting affected by all that. I'm not separate from it. So we have to take this as a, a, a kind of a, a reflection. And if I'm not separate from it, what does that mean? You know, be flooded by it, completely powerless, helpless. No, it means you have to find a center, but the center not in self, but in cosmos. Okay, it's thrown this word in the totality of experience which has got sensations in it, experiences, sense contact happens, consciousness happens, sight sound happens. But really the happening, the you really get into it, the happening experience is, I feel. You know, rather than I think, therefore I am, I feel, therefore I am, I feel. So it's not really sights and sounds it's the feeling that arises with them. that's my where I'm at that's where it's touching, that's where it's invading that's where it's affecting, that's where things are being stirred it always comes down to that at a very primary level so this makes it kind of uh, simple that every the cosmos that you're in as you come into the which has got this vast, diffusive possibility of thoughts, impressions, mystical experiences, psychological strangeness, um, complexities, and so on. Yeah. As you come into that, you right towards the centre of it. You've got everything has to come in through feeling. So you've got one gate. The cosmos comes in as we as we come into the centre of it feeling wasn't any feeling didn't feel anything there'd be no activation there'd be no engagement there'd be no sense of being affected feel so that's clarifying simplifying even though still it's rather um, say frightening but extremely um, acute sensitive Anything that happens, I feel it. i feeling it. You can't decide to feel anything. You're not in charge of feeling. And so the self programmed hey, I don't like this," <laughs> and shut it down, or yeah. Mm-hmm or turn it, turn our attention somewhere else Mm -hmm. and mostly what occurs uh, for humans is we we do that and instead we uh, (laughs) the mind creates uh, uh, an alternative place to go our our thoughts, our abstractions our views, our ideas opinions and this is where a quality called clinging holding on we generate or that tanha that thirst reflex generates that which will provide a place for the self to settle into trying to find a center can't find it in all this feeling stuff therefore find it in holding on to hmm. opinions views, ideologies notions it's a sort of gripping sense trying to carry that with us so it's called upadana holding, clinging and it becomes burdensome uh, so the Buddha is saying "Well, just notice this dukkha, stressing The stress of tanha, which either um, gets a sense of inflammation occurs, we feel inflamed with something we wish for, or um, constriction, we're defending against that which we do not enjoy. That's suffering. Stress, dukkha. Holding on also seizes us up limits us because we have to have certain places we can hold on to and some of this is not uh, just physical you know you can have a a mansion five rooms in it i've got my territory big you know three hectares of land around it gates sentinels i've got my property got my space still not secure because somebody might break in, so you've got to get more guards, and then elements can damage it, so you've got to have construction workers, and then and so on and so on and so on. And then we have psychological territory, which can be my views, my opinions, my way, the way I think things should be, my customs, this is what I stand for. Psychological so territory. This produces conflict with others. Uh, we see this constantly occurring in the world. Territorial gains, searching for territorial gains, acquisition of territory, physical territory, and acquisition of ideological territory, either religions or politics. And they're always in conflict with others and uh, claiming their right, the supreme, the true, the virtuous, and so forth. And it gets very ugly. So just seeing this, and uh, the Buddha reflecting on this, what if I go forth from all that into homelessness, no security, no territory, and uh, no ideology? How is that possible? Mm-hmm. So saying, okay, let's start with the mutuality experience. We can enter into that. Uh, and it begins with simple things generosity That's mm. no, not complicated it's not an ideology it's not a comparison who's most generous how do you get to be <laughs> It's just this gesture of the heart we can all do that we all like that it makes us feel good it um, is a harmonious gesture towards the world around us uh, and you can be centred in that you can find a Ah, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can do that. You know, it's just the generosity <coughs> of a kind word or a welcoming attitude. It's not necessarily material. It's in, it's in the morality, ethics, to others as to myself, mutual. I don't want you to hurt me. I don't want to hurt you. Whether that's a human being, uh, someone you like, someone you dislike. Still don't want to hurt them. Uh, creatures, other creatures, animals, insects, and so forth. Why can't they share the planet? Why can't we share the planet? Do I have to poison them all, shoot them all? Can we coexist? Yeah. So, and then you're all taking that into to, to speech and action, and from there developing qualities of kindness, goodwill. Yeah, I can do that, and it feels good. It's not. Yeah, I can do that. It feels good. The more I do it, it feels good. Feel very steady in that, comfortable in that. Uh, you yeah. and it's sort of intimate. It has to be intimate, but in that much less sense of me and mine, much more sense of us and we. That's the beginning that's the beginning so we stand in that place settle in that place and then externally generating compassion and kindness Mm. reflecting upon it gratitude and rejoicing Mm. appreciation for the good we have received recognizing we all came here came into this life naked and helpless flat on our backs couldn't even hold our head up Thank you. Not just Mother, Father, but everything that got this thing going. I couldn't do it. Self program didn't come until later. (laughs) Taking the credit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's mudita, it's called Mm appreciation. So these are. qualities we can begin to turn around in the heart because actually when you come into this uh, centering experience you find uh, the qualities called heart are much more appropriate as the leading intelligence. Mm. So clearly we have conceptual intelligence which I'll call mind, just to make it short. We have relational intelligence which I'll call heart which is much more to do with what's felt, what's sensed, and what's... Well, you know what I mean. (laughs) Everybody has it. And in that, we're beginning to really activate and encourage that aspect of our intelligence. Because this is also the aspect of our intelligence that gets affected by fear, regret... Nervousness aversion. Yeah. It really is where those negative self programs come in. Yeah. We come into this but so our duty the well our practice, the Buddha said, is purifying the chitta. Heart. Chitta. Heart. Purifying the heart. Means when you begin to establish healthy mutual programs then these defective self-programs you're giving them less food less energy less say in your life and so you're turning things away from the self-centre to the centre of a cosmos a mutual cosmos and remember it is mutual that is it's not just about doing all kinds of things it's also about receiving receiving, being open and this this is where we begin to cultivate qualities of heart that perhaps of uh, must move beyond that word more like imagination and spirit aspiration Mm. and this is the where the the practice the cultivation of uh, lineage puja Ancestors, yes. You know, we have inherited the wisdom and compassion, the training of beings who came who came before us, and whose message is still resonating. We listen into that, are guided by that. Mm. So um, essentially, the the Buddha is called one who is rightly uh, centered sammā is the term sammā right, fitting properly established not on this rickety center of the self properly established okay. sammā fits steady settle it doesn't rock around uh, dukkha is lichen, the word seems to be referred to either uh, um, an axle, you know, the axle of a cart, something like that, and if it's not set properly the wheels just clunk and don't operate properly, so it's dukkha, Car is the centre, and axis. So when it's badly centred then everything keeps tipping around, so you get this stressing experience. Badly put together, not fitting. Samma fits properly, and uh, then we begin to listen in again to those simple, profound teachings. Samma ditti, what is the rightly centered, rightly balanced, fitting view. Yeah, well then explained, the are results of good and bad deeds, there is that which is given, that which is offered, that which is sacrificed. Hmm there is mother, there is father there's a cosmos there's this world, there's another world we're not just in this material plane we're not just kind of lumps of meat walking around on top of a piece of earth there's this world, there's another world those beings who have understood this world and another world and gone beyond so you just even let some of that sit there and chew it over mm. and he says this is something you should make an effort to establish it's not something that's so instinctive because the instinctive qualities is that reflex is thirst and I said, yeah we know that we, all of us do that, we all have that reflex now just pause where is this going to take you? that constriction to holding on to separation and then with the separation comes a sense of aloneness and then the comparison am I good enough what will I be what do other people think of me and then, am I living up to what I should be you get all this incredible tangle of that separatist trying to validate itself and it, and it gets so critical You well, know, you know, that action, that action, that action of generating this—that uh, itself. Look at the results of it. Feel the results of it. Yeah. Locked in to something that's dying, you yeah. and struggling, and uh, you know. uh, we are called upon to an act of faith there's a beyond this there's an out of this and it's not that far away it begins with such qualities as we you know and chewing that over and uh, qualities that are not bound in space and time just is this self-experience is always stuck in a physical place somewhere and stuck in the time plane, yesterday is gone tomorrow hasn't come where am I now when we move out of that, say well what we're experiencing now is the results of past actions how we act now, that is exactly how the future is so we're right in the center of time in a potent way uh, and in that walk yeah, so that right view say, coming into the cosmos yeah. instead of the reactivities that can occur find a place where we can just you know, become dispassionate a detachment witnessing this is it and how does that occur? without going into abstract ideas because all of us can detach To a, <laughs> that's part of our capacity we do it constantly we detach from direct felt engagement to oh well that should be like that <laughs> that's detachment you can disconnect it from the felt experience to it should be like this or it could be like that or tomorrow it will be or he's like this I remember somebody else did that then it goes on then we get to supreme detachables such as these phones and I can look up oh look there's uh, what's happening in Australia click oh there's Tokyo click war click <laughs> sport click <laughs> that's detachment for you know. I'm not in any of them <laughs> it's kind of safe uh, but that's not the attachment we're looking at we're looking at a sense of uh, standing next to our feeling listening to it and the place where that's possible is not in the mind it's actually where the mind enters the body and we experience heart so the heart most simply becomes apparent when the mind enters the body. Okay, so again, what do you mean by body? Very simply, most people would imagine the body is the thing we see. Yeah. That's a visual appearance, isn't it? Thing we see. If you look at it very simply, you see what do you see? You see some colour, shape, and from that you infer bone, skin, hair, person. That's a body. You don't feel anything. See something. What about your own body? the only one you could directly know which you can't see, most of it so I so just come to this this is the body you can enter and you can't, most of it you can't see but you can feel all of it so enter into that felt experience and external, internal So we're coming into the center of the cosmos through the felt experience and we have the body externally that which it touches physically, sensations and the quality of feeling, that tingle arises the sensation called Vedana Vedana Why use the Vedana? Because the word Vedana it's associated with the Indian word Veda and Veda was, was knowledge, the knowledge. So Veda is that which allows you to know something, that which supports knowing. Right. Chew that one over. This is not an intellectual process. So in Buddha Dharma, that which allows you to know something is called a feeling. And when you know it, it means you get, oh, Knowing is oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Getting it is oh. Uh-huh. And so he says even when you establish right view, you get a feeling. Oh. And when yeah. When you experience samadhi you get a feeling. When you get wrong view, you get a feeling. Oh no. When you have realization, you feel it. You feel relief release you feel it so these subtle and coarse gradations this is how we directly know not just abstract but directly know and then what's the system that directly knows by, by its own nature is this body right? And uh, we become, internally in the body, we're actually turning, tuning to, not to uh, physical sensations, but to the body's inner processes and energies. It feels stagnant, it feels constricted, it feels expansive, it feels slightly heavy, It feels settled and calm. It feels open. It feels closed. All those are felt, sensed. Mm -hmm. And the Buddha, again, very pertinently says within this body, with his consciousness and perceptions and feelings, is the cosmos, is the entry to the cosmos, the way through it, and the way out of it in this very body. So that's, again, extraordinarily direct (laughs) and simple. So we say when the mind comes into the body, we're not thinking about past. We're actually entering into that felt territory of what we call embodiment. Then you can feel when you feel... Experience of uh, uncertainty, the wavering. You've been a sense of confidence, the gladness, steady Oh, this is where you know it. And uh, so, bringing the mind in there, and uh, you know, so, what is the mind? The organ of attention. It's able to form a focus. That's its action. It also um, carries awareness, which is receptivity, focuses, it it can hear, Uh that, that, how is that, that's that, how is that, Hmm. receptive, able to sense, is that, that, how is that. And so then this is called Vitaka Vichara. Taka placing something placing attention vichara, sensing something yeah. and then we're talking referring to this inner domain, territory you recognize it's a, it's a domain it's not a, it's not a piece of anatomy it's a whole territory of moving experiences that you feel and so your awareness is kind of open and steady around that, you're receiving that yeah. and your attention is on breathing in breathing out that's one very primary um, centering experience the body has breathing in breathing in there are others but that's a very primary one that's what we came into life with that's what we will leave life with that's the signal that's the whole base and if you notice of course breathing is not a static thing it's constantly flowing what kind of attention needs to be constantly fluid, but staying in tune? Well, it's called mindfulness. Yeah, so it's an attention that stays in tune. Things are changing, things are flowing. So it certainly allows things to change and flow. So it's not grip tight. It's not. Yeah, so we've got to purify our attention from those reflexes of grasping which say, let me get some territory in here let me get that territory internally I'm going to hold on to that breath get it nice and solid and stable and I'll be okay that's the grasping ten- tendency right? yeah, which we can all do and tightens it, and the body receives that and it tightens up and sometimes if you follow this strategy through it's like you can hardly breathe anymore because you're getting so tense with it all so then okay don't attend to it things seem sort of no centering so it's a kind of a mindful means a certain span of attention that allows things to flow listening in and then we're really attending to a felt experience rhythm subsiding arising expanding ceasing subsiding empty filling Uh and not holding on to any particular part of that phase but being with the whole process of that then you're finding a kind of the body is beginning to find centre the heart is beginning to find centre centering in Mm. and the journey to that naturally is has to go through the territory of the self. It's am I getting this right? How long does it take? Should I do it another way? How many days have I got to go? A planning mind, a thinking mind, a contriving mind, uh there's something better I could be doing instead, more interesting than this, boring stuff, the sense sense contact mind, the you know things are annoying me be quieter here please go stop making that lawn mowing going on stop the bees buzzing (laughs) (laughs) wipe those bees noisy bees out so it be quiet (laughs) so you can't that person sitting next to me who has to shuffle around stop it and these nasty thoughts in my mind stop those too you know no no just don't stop anything. <laughs> just breathing in, breathing out, like listening to the chaos of the self programs, and they've got loud voices. Yeah, and they're just listening into something more deeper and resonant, and getting heart expanding the sense of. Uh, Calming and compassion towards that—all those debris of the self, all its uncertainties—rightly mm. right, centered somewhere, and the kind of effort that's needed for that, which is a steady, gentle, but also very receptive. Mm. And when we come to this cultivation, many of us naturally, it seems almost a cliché, we will do this sitting. The sitting posture is probably the most advantageous for certain uh, modalities, and the sitting posture is very good for collecting and composing. It so sort of it gathers things together, something about the body when it sits, it's gathers itself together particularly around breathing it's got a very firm base very widespread base you've got the upright axis and you can stay with that in accordance with your capacities because it's uh but uh, the Buddha in his teaching Mm -hmm. said well you know you have four basic postures and of course we do other things we stretch we yawn we eat we scratch we bathe mindful of all these internally externally Mm. so come from sitting into how does movement occur Mm. from that Collected. You have the four basic postures, the second one we have to uh, engage with since we've now gone bipedal, we, we gave up the four-footed stance a few millennia ago, <laughs> and now we've gone two-legged. And we're about one of the few creatures that do it, two-legged. And we're much better it than chickens. Yeah. <laughs> we had to kind of strut around. We've got a very good sense of fluid balance. Human anatomy much better than an ape, which only have to rest on their knuckles. Or right? human beings really got a beautiful ability to stand and to walk. A mm. biped. <laughs> yeah. So what is standing? What is it Why, when we stand, what's that about? That's about finding balance, isn't it? Here I am, and I'm about to, probably about to do something. About to move forward, and standing, well, ready. But we do standing meditation, we stand and we switch off the about to. We're just standing in that poise, balanced poise. Feeling how the body settles into balance, how we've defined the true axis, where shoulders are not leaning forward, where feet are firmly planted on the ground.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. We get the balancing sense. We're listening to that, standing, walking. How do we walk? Uh, now, most of us are driven by the mind, so with walking, the mind says, oh, I've got to get to the kitchen, get to get to the car. So it's the image of where we're going, or the sense of where we're going, that lights up and the movement. We're going to something. Yeah. And sometimes that could be pretty fast. I've got to get to work. Hurry up! Rushing forward. And uh, but the body isn't concerned with the car or the kitchen. It's concerned with making sure you don't fall over. It's concerned with keeping that balance fluid so for that if you really begin to ask yourself how a body walks without and switch off where to since the body walking where it begins first of all with the intention and then the centering occurs if you're rightly centred not just in the idea but in the experience it's going to occur around the hips and pelvic region centre of the body Because what has to happen is the body has to give all the weight to one leg, say the right leg, so the other leg can lift. So at that moment, we're moving to one leg on the ground, which is a pretty precarious situation for a creature of 60, 70 kilos, 80 kilos of what, on one leg, on one foot. So it says when it does that. It's really tuned in to don't fall over. Do that when it turns, There's an axis of turning. So we put the right leg forward, we turn to the left, and the left shoulder, and the left side of the torso slightly turns back. So it's a swing. So the upper body balances the lower body. You come onto that right leg, the turning continues. So you turn around the pelvic region between the pelvis the sacrum and the waist the waist flexes as you move then you get the balance one leg the other the weight comes down the right leg the left leg can lift the back the lower back lifts the left leg forward right left leg comes forward from the hip and Lays, it, lays the foot down on the ground we shift the weight to that leg and do the same thing operates like that so just notice that happens and that's uh, that's crucial so we have to cut off the idea of going anywhere physical or even psychologically and this itself is a tremendous practice because just to empty out Destination, so we really present. Uh, Very important. Mm. Uh, Sometimes I remind people of one of the um, dangers that human beings experience nowadays is from trousers. more people die from trousers than they do from (laughs) sharks, wolves, and lions. Trousers kill more people. (laughs) How do they do that? Because when they put their trousers on, they're thinking of something else for just a minute, and they get their leg tangled in their trousers and fall over and smash them in. (laughs) (laughs) So <laughs> it's really important. Usually <laughs> <laughs> wearing trousers to <laughs> get the sense of balance. <laughs> yeah, so walking is about uh, an engagement with the space around us, entering the space around us, but flu, maintaining fluid balance. You can practice like that. Fourth posture, reclining, is to do with completion. And we can talk about that um, in due course. But for now, let's do some um, walking practice and maybe some standing practice as you see fit.